Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 226. Today is Friday, May 5th, 2023. Again, especially if you have not been being kept up to speed the past two weeks, we are pre-recording this at the beginning slash middle of April uh, because we are currently in Israel, which is awesome. So we'll be back next week, Monday, May 8th. Uh, in full swing, five days a week again. Yes, I will be jet lagged. Everyone's like, ooh, Jeff, you're doing that? Yeah, I get back on Sunday, May 7th, and then I go right back to work. Why I did that to myself, I don't know, but we're just going to go for it. Um, so it's not my first rodeo and being severely let, jet lagged. Uh, so, you know, we're just going to roll with it. Today is also Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Go eat some tacos or your favorite Mexican food. Um, I just want to give a shout out. It's also Revenge of the Fifth. Um, people are like, what are you talking about? Yesterday was Star Wars Day, May 4th. So uh, today's Revenge of the Fifth. I don't like that. I'm going to be honest. So it's a re- for those who are really confused, Revenge of the Sith is one of the st- names of the Star Wars movies. I think it should be Revenge of the Sixth. That makes way more sense than Revenge of the Fifth. So I don't actually observe Revenge of the Fifth. I observe Revenge of the Sixth. Um, even if I'm the only guy doing it, it makes way more sense. So um, I'm starting that trend. Hashtag Revenge of the Sixth. I think it's way better. So um, there we go, everybody. So that's going to be a Saturday. Uh, Illumination is like, all right, fine. Uh, in the comments. Um, deal with it, Illumination. You can celebrate Revenge of the Fifth if you want. I'm going to re- celebrate Revenge of the Sixth. Thank you very much. So also, uh, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at uh, normally five days a week on as many, okay, wow, and as many platforms as we can manage, which right now are four, that's YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Rumble. And then, of course, we also have it available on the podcast. All the proceeds, proceeds go towards that. Um, but then we take a portion of every single donation. We funnel into our amazing water well efforts and our partnership with Show Mercy International. So we will play a quick well spot to show you where that money is going, and then we're going to get going. Giving a cup of cold water is a simple way to show someone they are valued, that you care about them. When Jesus talks about this, maybe what he was trying to say if someone cares enough to stop and think about what you need or what might help you and they actually do something about it wow sacrificing for the benefit of another that is loving your neighbor thank you for loving us for giving us a cup of cold water you give me a cup of cold water and me and me and me. And me. And me. And me. Thank you again for you guys' donations. I know I say this all the time, but these communities communities are being completely transformed because of your guys' donations. Even just in believing in Elijah Fire, believing in Elijah's dreams, uh, 
the the that also is affecting these communities and transforming them so god bless you guys all right uh i think that's it uh my guest today a lot of you guys know who he is some of you don't he's a preacher he's a musician he's a singer he's an evangelist and he takes all of those skills and he funnels them into crave of which he is the co-founder along with his sister victoria Sosa, formerly Victoria Rich. Um, I'll let you guys know who she is as well. Let's give it up for my guest today, Josh Rich. Josh Rich. Happy I love Cinco the intro. Happy, Happy Cinco de Mayo. Sorry. Happy Cinco de Mayo, man. Hey, oh, yeah. cool. It's, it's great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. I love it. Absolutely, man. Okay. So we are going to be talking about some really interesting topics today about following Jesus for real. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that, but also a great topic yeah. of, am I called to ministry? And I think that's a, sometimes people can get a lot of anxiety about that, you know? And so this can it's be true. a really good conversation, but let's just jump right in specifically with following Jesus for real, Josh, I want to hear your thoughts and go. For real. Um, I, I have the luxury of getting to travel the world. And uh, with this thing that you just talked about, Crave. And uh, so seeing Christianity displayed in many different cultures, uh, in many different nations, um, brings such a perspective to my personal uh, Christianity or my walk with Jesus. And uh, coming back to the States is such a different experience when you come from places where uh the people are much less fortunate where there is a, I don't want to say a, a greater struggle. I'll just say it's a different struggle. Um, you, you may be struggling today with something that uh, no one knows about it and, and who knows. So it's, it's not a matter of, of worse struggle, but it's different kind of struggles. And so you come back to the States and it's like, uh, there's this luxury of accepting the love of Jesus. And you can kind of just skate on by with that because you may not necessarily, you don't have this desperation and need for the more of Jesus, hmm. for the yeah. Savior in Jesus, for the Father in Jesus, yeah. for uh, the God in Jesus. So um, when you when you think of it that way, and, and when you've maybe experienced this, you maybe have experienced this um, when you are at your very lowest. Mm. See, when we're in our darkest times, it's, it's really easy to take a full grasp of God mm -hmm. and say, Lord, I need you. I, I have to have you. And your, and your prayer life goes to the next level. And uh, your your worship goes to the next level because you're in a moment of desperation, and uh, that that um, that hunger, as us Christians like to call it, tends to go away, and then we just it, it, the 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 pattern or the routine of um, the hour service on Sunday, and uh, Jesus loves me and that's enough for me mm -hmm. uh, kind of stuff takes yeah. play, and so it's like. Am I, do I, I actually preached this on, um, uh, it was just Easter Sunday here. Yeah. And, I, and I talked about uh, how so many, I, I talked to my con congregation and I said, I believe that 
uh, most of us in the room, if not all of us, we believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and I said that, I said, I truly think that we all in this room believe in Jesus. I don't necessarily think you would have shown up if you didn't believe that Jesus was real, that he was the son of God. Um, but I stopped and I said, oh, but are you following him? Hmm. <laughs> you, you believe, I understand that. But are you putting your faith into practice uh, in following Christ, which is what he called us to do? Pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah. Follow me, which is, which is the greatest um, calling that we have. Uh, I mean, you could kind of argue and say um, to follow Christ or to, to um recognize the acceptance of being God's son or daughter kind of going hand in hand, that acceptance and following him. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I hear you. You believe you, you, you trust that that God is who he says he is. You trust that Jesus is who he says he is. And, mm-hmm. and you are a good old American. I love God. I love America mm-hmm. kind of person, but are you following him? Because there's a big difference. Yeah. Life looks different when you are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I'm remembering a conversation I had with a guy who is an agnostic. And um, we were talking about Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I just don't know, man. I don't know. I think it'll be fine, whatever. I kind of believe. And I said, well, here's the thing, man. I said, belief isn't just like, oh, I just believe. Like, like you're going to demonstrate that belief, right? So, uh, and it's, I'm not talking about like, oh, you need, you need to do works in order to be saved. But even James says, I will show you my faith by what I do. Like it's an active faith. Um, And obviously we do have, you know, like it says uh, in Romans that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, So absolutely. Yes. Um, But Mm -hmm. I do think it's important to have. Um, a for that belief is going to propel you. That belief is going to actually have some semblance of forward motion and growth mm-hmm. as you get conformed to the image of Christ. That process of sanctification is a process, right? Mm-hmm. So you say yes, you know, um, you know, so the son who the sun sets free is free indeed, right? John eight thirty six. But that process also is going to yield itself to growth and development. And an actual like transformation. So, you know, I often say like the Jeff a year ago is going to look different or a Jeff, Jeff today is going to look different from Jeff a year from now and mm-hmm. so on and continuing, continuing, continuing as I grow in the Lord. But I was talking to this agnostic guy and I said, you know, cause he was like, oh, I think it'd be okay. And I said, well, belief is something that he's like, I kind of believe in Jesus, but I'm not sure. I said, but at some point you need to make that decision. Because it's just kind of believing is not belief. Mm-hmm. I said, I was sitting in a chair and I go, if I'm in this chair, right? And I sit here and I talk to you all the time about how this chair can hold my weight. And, and, and uh, I, I, you know, I write books about it and I make all these like, you know, teachings about how this chair can hold my weight. But if you never see me sit in this chair and I myself am too afraid to sit in this chair, like mm-hmm. I, there has to be some, some actual forward motion of, I believe this chair can hold my weight. Therefore I'm going to sit in this chair, like, especially if I'm a chair maker, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, people are like, 
does he believe that these chairs can hold his weight? Because he's making these yeah. chairs and he's selling them. I don't know that he, you know. So anyways, I mean, I think you get the illustration, but I said, you know, it's, I believe a profession professing out of my mouth and then an actual sitting down in the chair and saying, I believe, you know, like right. there's, it's kind of a twofold thing. And I think that, you know, as believers, we need to be very mindful of that of, um, because we love comfort. Look, let's just be honest. We love comfort, mm -hmm. especially in the West. That's one of our big temptations mm -hmm. is comfort is yeah. just being cozy you know, battening down the hatches, no conflict, no nothing. Just, and I think that's like a really big thing, you know, especially amongst young Christians of like the need to be liked, societal pressures, pressures amongst your friends, you know? Um, and I think that even transcends beyond just young people. I think that's just people mm -hmm. in general. Yeah, I think people in general. And I think, uh, I mean, we do like comfort, but I think uh, even more clear, like we have it. We have comfort. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh, it's a little easy not to even notice how comfortable we are. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not even trying to give people like this systematic Christianity walk. Like you gotta do this and you gotta walk it out. And you got. Uh, I mean, I I think you should. But but my motivation in in talking to you guys and, and telling you this is my desire to see your life uh, be fulfilled in the way that Christ talks about it being fulfilled. Because, um, uh, see, we, we, we read the scripture, Jesus saying, pick up your cross and follow me. Um, it is a sacrifice. The, the, the cross represents death. We have to die to self daily, as Paul yeah. put it. He uh -huh. said, I, I die daily. The flesh has to be crucified daily, and then we are alive uh, within the spirit of Christ. The same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. I mean, man, talk about a powerful topic. That's a powerful topic right there. And uh, so uh, and this was something I said Sunday, too, that um, a lot of people, I believe, have like you said, confessed with their mouth and believed in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. I feel like they have gotten, in, they've come into that salvation. They've accepted that salvation. Yep. And then they uh, maybe don't quite understand it. They don't quite get why they're still struggling, why there is such hardship, the same hardship that they had before they've carried into the new. And, and I gave it this way as an example. I said, um, there was things that were meant to be crucified and dead in our new life that we keep on. We, we're meant to be this new creation, as the Bible put it. And the reason we still are being affected by these old things as we're taking our new creation and touching old things that are meant yeah. to be dead. Yeah. We play with dead things that Christ said that has to be crucified and then left alone. You don't play with dead things. You don't play with dead things. I, I actually said this. I said, I thought about this illustration, bringing in something dead to give you, you know, a very literal example. <laughs> and, and everyone was like, oh, this, that would be so gross. And I'm like, yes, it would be, wouldn't it? But we do the same thing in spirit where things yeah. that 
were meant to be crucified, were meant to be said, that is done, that is over. I am a new man. I am a new mm -hmm. creation. I am new in Christ. And then these old things, these old ways, the old man, the old flesh that was crucified, it has to be dead and left alone. Yeah. And so you might, you, you may just want to say, all right, what, what, what am I still holding on to? What am I still touching? What am I still playing with that Christ crucified, that I crucified in spirit, but I keep walking back to uh, and still creating the same pattern, the, the same uh, cycle in my life? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a, good, a good viewpoint of like, why is this still going on? Why am I not, why am I not feeling this Christian life like Josh describes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, maybe you haven't crucified everything you're meant to crucify, yeah. uh, which, which is still kind of, we're, we're starting to, to go towards that in my call to ministry. What does my life look like following Jesus topic? Uh, the reason I can live this life and, and, you know, my life isn't grand or perfect by any means, but the, the way that I can talk about it and encourage people to um, surrendering everything with a smile on my face is because I have experienced the outcome of giving everything to the Lord and following him truly, mm -hmm. which to me has meant even my old dreams, I've let them die. Even my, my old desires, I've let them die. And I have crucified an old man, an old flesh that sees life the way that I see it, sees the dreams that I dream. And I've given and surrendered all of that to the Lord. And I have experienced the things that God has given me uh, in his dreams and desires for me, mm. which, by the way, if you don't know, are far greater. He dreams dreams for us that we don't even know how yeah. to dream for mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. And when you can truly comprehend the love of Christ for you, um, the believing and the following and, and the surrender and all of these things makes such perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that's a part of my encouragement today. Not yeah. just to, not yeah. just to say, Hey, 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 you got to live this way. You old, <laughs> you so-and-so and, and mm -hmm. you better give that up. No, this is, this is the desire for Jesus uh, of Jesus for our life. And um, I, I just want to pay witness to say this is this is how it pays out, and it's yeah. a beautiful life ahead of you um, when when we start following Jesus, as you said, for real. Yeah, and I know that um, you know I know talk, I talk on this show a lot about um, make intimacy with the Lord your priority, hmm. whatever you're dealing with, doubts, sin. Uh, you know, you're happy, you're stressed, you know, whatever it is, make intimacy with Jesus, your goal and your default go towards that. And look, you guys, I do not in any way think, Oh, Jeff's got it all together. He's, you know, Oh, I'm never going to like, I'm challenged in it. And I will tell you this, 
a lot of the people that come on the show, when they share something that's a really profound revelation, they're actively going through it in that process. I talk to them behind the scenes privately. Like a lot mm -hmm. of the times that is the case. Um, and you know, for me, I'm just as challenged. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com/give. Um, because this world is <laughs> is gnarly sometimes, you know. And I think, especially here in the West, you know, I've heard a lot of testimonies from from uh, Chinese Christians, Iranian Christians, uh, where mm. persecution is like a daily thing, and it, it, the, the pressure of that. Um, and it's like they, Jesus is their absolute lifeline. Like they, they, there's an absolute undeniable reality of a dependence upon him. And then they get, they get, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, they get, uh, uh, asylum over here. Um, so they, they come over to the West, wherever it is in Europe or in America. And, um, I've heard this from several, um, testimonies that they're like, I, I feel sleepy over here. I feel like I, I want to go back. I actually want to go back because wow. there it was. So the reality, it was such a reality of, of a need for Jesus um, because of the nature of what was going on. And I thought that was really telling. And for a long time, I used to look down on, Oh, we're stupid. And Oh, like, Oh, if only we were, you know, like the Iranian Christians. And yeah, we have a lot to learn from the Chinese Christians, the Iranian Christians mm. who often funny enough, pray for persecution for the Western church. Um, Cause wow. they recognize what that produces that, that pressure actually causes, like if you have a tube of toothpaste and you squeeze it, right. All that toothpaste is, whoosh, it's going to go everywhere. And it's the mm -hmm. same with the church where it's like that pressure actually propels and spreads the fire of, of the gospel. Yeah. Um, so I, I do recognize that. But at the same time, God actually really shifted my thinking and saying it's just different. Like what they're mm -hmm. dealing with is different from us here. It is actually like the reason why a Christian who's actively seeking the Lord stands out here is because there is um, there is a pressure, a temptation, a very strong temptation to become docile, to become to mm -hmm. get sleepy as a Christian. And so when we actually take that time to go you know what? No, I'm going to spend time with Jesus and not Netflix. Yeah. I'm going to spend time with Jesus and not video games or Jesus and not this or that, or this group of friends. It will change you just like those things change you. When you spend time with them, spending time with Jesus actually will change you. And that's why it's like, we look at people and we're like, Whoa, but all they're doing is actually just living out the gospel. You know, yeah. over here in the West, we're like, Whoa, when we, when we see a Christian who's like really on fire, um, that's why they stand out, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, the most dangerous position we can be in, that might be a dramatic way of saying it, but uh, it is being, you know, let's, let's talk from a male perspective, being a very good man. Mm. I know a lot of good men. Uh, so you just gave an example that when you spend time with Jesus, he will change you. Mm -hmm. The dangerous position of a really good man is they are they are stand up men who lead their family well, they work their job good, and they're just an all around good old guy. I know a lot of them, and what's so dangerous about that is there's at least in the natural no view that you can look at and say that needs to change. 
which is mm. the very reason why they don't come to church with their wives, why they're not leading their children in godly ways, but they are good men. Mm. And I think that's one one example, rough example of the scripture that says it's hard for a rich man to enter into the gates of heaven. I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that that scripture is about our finances, but I do believe it, it's it's hard to see yourself in need of a savior when it doesn't feel like you need saving. Right. And, and oftentimes that's our, that's kind of our uh, approach to people who are not, uh, who are lost. And we say, uh, the Lord wants to change you. And it's like, what needs to be changed? I'm not a bad guy. I'm not doing bad things. I'm not living evil. I'm not a drunkard or a, or a drug addict and all of these things that, you know, we sort of deem as, as being the lost person in, in this world. Right. And, uh, you know, people, people are coming to my mind as I speak, I'm, I'm using things that I know from experience. So it's how do we, you know, I'm not, I'm not even given this answer. I'm just, I'm just going to create this conversation. How do we, hmm. uh, how do we get ourselves in a place of hunger, like these uh, Chinese Christians, as you, as you mentioned, and, and these people around the world who understand the necessity for desire and intimacy and all of these things that we that we know we need how do right. we get how do we get there yeah that's a good question and how would how do we keep hungry yeah yeah um I'm, so now i'm like thinking like about my own life and when it started for me was um okay yeah my story is more that i was really close with my friend a, a friend of mine and um, my brother and the three of us just did everything together and we were differing differing ages um and um all of a sudden they went to youth group and i had been dealing with like uh, just you know i was an angsty teen you know going through the angsty teen phase and you know i hit 18 and um i remember they got invited by my friends friend at school to youth group and so i'm a senior in high school at this point and um they went and they started going a couple of times i was like i'm not going to church i'm not gonna go to church i'm fine i'm fine you know and like that's what we do especially these guys we try to like insulate We're like no it's cool i'm fine everything i'm doing is fine you know Mm -hmm. You know, we try to like grab control of things. We like a lot of men like things in boxes, you know? So mm -hmm. I was like, I got all my things in my boxes. I'm fine. You know, like I had weathered the storm of a teen angst. I'm an adult now. I'm 18, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and, um, and I remember seeing them change where they would come home and they were just like jacked up, man. They were like just buzzing from being in God's presence. And I remember just feeling it. And I was just like, all of a sudden I, I could see a difference. I could see a difference in their life versus mine. Even if it was just like, I just started feeling the conviction of the Holy spirit, you know? Mm. And I was just like, Oh man, I was like, okay, fine. And from that moment it was just, but it was because I was around people 
that cool. were different and they were i could actually observe their lives before and then cool. after going and, and being with jesus and i could see a difference yeah and so for me it was that it was just being around others and you're going to you're going to change like if you're you will you know it's like your heart starts pounding you know and you're like oh man okay mm. you know and so for me it was that josh i mean i know you grew up in the church but there had to have been a moment for you where it became real real but i would love to hear your thoughts well you know i i just want to say something to your story really quick that's so powerful to me uh your friends who you said they came from wherever and they were coming from church and you knew they were going and, and there was just such a difference in them and they were expressing it. I just think that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't know about out there where you're at. Um, I've experienced around me some, this, this like, I don't even know how to describe it, but but when God's doing something in you and then you're around people who, you know, they don't necessarily believe like you do, or maybe they just don't even believe in, in the spirit like you do, the Holy Spirit. And and we tone down around them as oh, yeah. almost this, uh, almost this like, I'm being respectful thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I, I and and I'm, I'm not like dogging anybody. Like, I, 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 that's not like a bad heart to feel that way. But I think what's so powerful in your story is that your friends didn't hold back. Yeah, they they expressed what God was doing mm -hmm. uh, in their lives, and and I just think that's so extremely powerful. And I think we should all be encouraged to express what the Lord is doing in us at all times. I mean, you don't have to force it. You don't have to like, hey, hey, you know, come over here and let me tell you. Like, just but just be honest and be. Uh, uh, out loud about what the Lord is doing. Don't feel backward because it changes lives. Like it changed yours to yeah. see the truth of what's happening in people. And the Lord is doing something so unique and special. Um, I, I, I would say so unique and special in the Holy spirit right now in America. And I think uh, such a unique time in culture where um, in general, the lost and the saved are kind of more open than they have been, in my opinion, to the spirits, uh, the Holy Spirit being the true spirit, but all of these uh, other spirits, you see a lot of young people and middle-aged people, and there's all of these like dark things that they're being involved with, but there, there's this general idea of openness to the spirit, but I've noticed that they're just as cool with hearing about the Holy Spirit too, which is, which is pretty amazing. And so I, I think we're in such a uh, unique time where it's like, let's let us as Christians be um, lovingly bold about what the Lord and the Holy Spirit is doing in us so that it may impact people yeah. with truth and they see truth. They don't see the the cool production we put on or or um, the cool sermon series title that was edgy and all of these things that we try to attract people, let the yeah. truth come out yeah. and that's going to impact people. And they're going to see that it's real mm -hmm. and the, it's going to be much, it's going to be a greater impact, but also a quicker one. Yeah. Like let the truth hit quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Well, and uh, the other, um, I guess the final element to that story of me really giving my life to the Lord. Um, and I, I say it like that. I mean, I said, yes, you know, I accepted Jesus into my heart when I was like seven, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And then, you know, like my, um, you know, my parents stopped going to church, you know, and like I said, I was raised Lutheran, you know, so it was like, um, you know, so for me, it was like, I was not, you know, my thoughts and the yeah. way I was living, I was not living a godly life per se, though I did, per, I, I did, I, if someone asked me, I would say I was a Christian, but it was a very nominal, like not. So for me, it was like when actually, I actually started being on fire for God and actually pursuing Jesus was when I turned 18. But the, mm-hmm. the key thing that happened though, was they kept inviting me to youth group. And I kept being like, no, 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 you guys are fine. Go do your thing, you know. But all the while, I actually felt like I was being left out because I could, like I said, I could see the change. I could start to see the change in them, um, yeah. even over just a couple of weeks of going. And so finally I said yes, and I went. And then it was like I never looked back. But wow. I, I have a really, really interesting question, Josh, because, you know, we talked about being, you know, just good men. Good. Why? as men, do we not, you know, the majority of the, the body of Christ is female. Why as men do we not lead the charge? And there obviously are men, but I'm talking about just statistically, we've got more women who are going to church, who are professing spirit-filled Christians than we do men. And even the amount of people that watch this show, while we've seen a massive increase like it was less than 20% watched Elijah Fire who were men. Now it's almost 40%, which is amazing. Like that's Praise amazing. You know, um, but why as men do we not lead a charge? Because I can think of no greater quest than to lead your family yeah. in the way of the Lord. And and as uh, you know, I always say men need a quest. Guys, mm-hmm. we need a quest, right? Because that's why guy like we crave adventure and excitement and you know some great discoveries have been made because men were crazy and we're like let's just go and i said that's why the majority of those fail compilations you see are just mm-hmm. young guys being dumb and jumping off of roofs and stuff like that because guys need a quest they need excitement they need to, and i can think of no more epic quest than pursuing the lord um, but I just would love to hear your thoughts and we can just talk about that. Like, why do men yeah. not, why, why, why aren't they stepping up? Yeah. You, you know, I have, a, I have a few thoughts. Um, so, so I'm going to get to why I think, but before I do, I want to just say a couple things. Uh, about the church and its desire to get men to church. And, and it's kind of to the same effect of, of uh, what we just talked about, letting, letting people see the truth in you. So serving bacon on a Sunday morning and doing like manly things, giving away a grill, <laughs> all of these like, you know what I'm talking about? People do, do that? that. I've never seen anyone like, all right, we're doing the grill raffle. I've never seen that. 
That must oh, be a I guess thing. That must be like a southern, like yeah. eastern, yeah. Uh, Midwest kind of Girls thing. Girls are so awesome. I mean, there's really there's awesome. all kinds of I've I've seen like these like these uh, um I don't even know what you call that some bait for men that are you know manly. It 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 may get a man to show up to your church. But then you're going to preach the same unrelatable, and I say this, you know, cautiously, use wisdom when you're hearing me, please, uh, this unrelatable Jesus, or it's like, it's like a half-truth Jesus, and a man can't fully relate to the intimate side of Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. We, we, we often preach, and I don't know if this is the perfect way of saying it, but a, uh, a, a, a female-imaged Jesus. No, I get, yeah, in, in, I get it. Yeah. In, or, or a motherly, maybe. I, I hope I'm, I'm making myself clear. Um, this, the, the intimate, the, the um, I, I comfort you, I, and those are Jesus. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying there is there is another side to Jesus. There's another side of God that we don't often talk about that should be talked about so that men have an understanding of their call to life, to their family, like you mentioned, to to raising their kids in a way. What are they receiving to let them know how to do that, to be encouraged to do that, to lead their family in those ways? And I think, um, so I think the church doesn't do a great job often, but then I also think uh, culture plays a part in that as well. If you look in our culture, um, the men have sort of been deemed as the, the silent, dumb, you just follow what your wife does and says. Especially in and, culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's not a lot of uh, outlet for them to to open up and talk, so they just often don't. And then when they do, they're corrected. Uh, sorry, I got a I got a puppy. <laughs> Stay focused, everyone. Yeah. Um, I think culture plays a part, but um, you know, I, I I just I think it's sad that. Uh, yeah, I, I just I think we've let the, the cultural perception of men play a part in in church as well, and um, we're not creating content or or answers for them. So when they arrive and they're like, I, I don't find this to be relatable for me in my life, hmm. um, and and it's easily achievable. You don't have to come up with a sermon series directed toward men. You don't necessarily have to, and I'm not saying you can't, just saying you don't have to have a men's conference and man it up uh, for them to to get something out of God. We should just do a better job of expressing all sides of who God is because he is easily relatable to a man, to a woman, to a young person, to an old person, to a father, to a mother, uh, to a friend, whatever it may be. 
Um, he is all these things and the perfect example of them. You say something. Now. <laughs> well, dude, I, I think guys have a hard time with vulnerability, especially when it comes to like Christianity. They're like, oh, that's I, I think it's easy for a guy. I, let's say a husband to look at his wife, say his wife goes to church and be like, Oh, that's your foo-foo thing. That's your mm-hmm. vulnerable, you know, thing. That's not for me. I'm a man. I'm uh. help Elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah fire and the Elijah fire podcast possible. Visit Elijahfire.com slash give and become a partner today. And, um, you know, guys have a tendency to kind of, if we're not careful to kind of go the lone wolf route where we're like, mm-hmm. We, 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 um, we retreat and we go into the, you know, into the forest, the proverbial forest and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, punch trees and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It's like, um, and so as a result, we tend to get closed off. And I think, um, the idea of being part of the bride of Christ is easier for a woman to take to being, mm-hmm. uh, to think of Jesus as the bridegroom is easier for a woman to take to than it is a man. And I will admit until I had a revelation of what that meant, um, cause of an encounter with the, with Jesus. Um, it was, it, it I, I was always just kind of like, you know, cause guys, we can take things and put them in compartments, right? I was like, I'm going to put this in the miscellaneous compartment, mm-hmm. the junk drawer. We'll figure We'll sort it out later. Um, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> just like, but for me, it was like, after I had an encounter with the Lord, suddenly I was like, I get it. Like calling myself part of the bride of Christ. It it's the only serviceable English word, but it's deeper than that. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like for better term. It's not a, a gay thing. <laughs> it's not, it's not like it's Whoa. deeper than that, you know? And, Whoa. you know, and, um, but I just think like, there is also a nature, a, a, a whole nother element to this of, of, um, you know, in society, people want men subdued and they want them docile and they want them mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. And I think that, um, and this is going to make some people uncomfortable, but men are not safe. Like, like we're, mm-hmm. we're not like, like if you look in the Bible, even I wouldn't look at these ferocious warriors and go, yeah, those are safe dudes. No, yeah. they're, but like they're, they're being used by the Lord and they're, they're standing in their purpose. And that's not to say a woman can't be a warrior or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But, yeah. um, but historically men were that like we were mm-hmm. on the front lines, we were, you know, uh, taking ground and, and I think that there is this, this tendency within culture. We want men to be safe. We want them controlled because of abuses that men have committed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Undeniably. That's not what yep. I'm saying that that's yep. undeniable, but, but um, man, when you see like guys, you get a bunch of godly men together that are hungry for God and, and recognize their place within the body of Christ. Yeah. Dude, it's awesome. Like it's yeah. powerful. Um, and that's kind of what I'm calling to more is like our roles as warriors, warriors for our wives and for our mm-hmm. kids and for our workplaces and for um, 
uh, arenas and there's plenty of ground to take now in society, plenty yeah. of ground where the, the, the lines have been drawn a lot more clear. So I guess I'm calling men to the forefront of that, of like, yes. there is plenty, plenty for us to grab a hold of, whether it's in education, whether it's in media, whether it's in the family, the mountain of mm -hmm. family for crying out loud. Like there's plenty, but that's what I'm calling towards with men right now is like, yep. like that's what God is calling us to is, mm -hmm. is, is this very thing. So, yeah, we, we need men yeah. to step up into the role as being a man of God mm -hmm. and it will impact generations, not just your family. It will impact the generations of our, uh, of our countries. Men will stand up and, and declare, I don't know about for everybody else, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. I don't know about every other marriage, but for me and my wife, we serve the Lord together. Yeah. I don't know about everybody else's kids, but for me and my kids, I'm teaching them to serve the Lord. And we will see generational impact in nations with that power. And, and I'll say this too to the wives, let your husbands lead. Hmm. Let them lead. Let them be the man they were created to be. Help guide them, help support, be, be uh, wisdom alongside of them. But let them be who they're created to be. Yeah. Don't hold a man back from being a man. He's not meant to be like you. He's meant to be who God created him to be yeah. as a male individual and a calling on his life to be a man of God, a man after God. And uh, I see it happen often. A woman will, a wife, a wife will, will hold that back. And eventually men are tired. Men work hard. The, the average man, the average man, they're working hard. They've been gone all day. They don't want to put up a fight. So if you put up a fight, just a little one, they're going to quickly give up because they're just like, oh, I'm too tired for this. Like, just forget it. Just forget it. Yeah. You lead. I'm too tired. Hmm. Let a man be a man. Let them lead because that is God's call on their life. You're not getting in the way of your husband. You're getting in the way of God doing something with his man. That's God's kid, and it's God's calling of responsibility on his life. Yeah. So when we get in the way of our men, we're not getting in the way of, of uh, the wife isn't getting in the way of the husband. She's getting in the way of God dealing with who he put the responsibility on. Mm -hmm. And I just strongly say God is saying, let me deal with my son mm. in my way. Yeah. Uh, uh, God said it to Job in Job. I think it's it's either 28 or 38. It's one of the coolest portions of scripture. God comes back to Job with this uh, very strong um, speech, a talk from the storms, it says. And he says, you listen to me. I'm paraphrasing. You listen to me. I'm going to question you and you will answer me. It's 38. That's how God read go read Job 38. It's 
pretty like oh boy <laughs> it's it's so heated but at the same time yeah. it's like it's just cool like yeah. you you see the mighty powerful god and he puts things in place as well as as man he puts man in place and i feel like there's a calling from god on men and god is saying i'm going to put you in place but it is but it is in total love and uh and my trust in you and i just feel like somebody needs to hear that god is putting you through trial not for not for uh not out of correction he wants to correct but it's out of his love and his trust in who he has called you to be if he's still working on you if he's still dealing with you it's because he still believes in the potential that he placed in you as a man of god Come on. and he's not done with you yet yeah and this isn't to say like i have a lot of female ministers on my show so this isn't to say all those female ministers need to step aside. You've been operating incorrectly and then you need to let your husband lead. That's not what we're saying no. because some of you are maybe in a place of uh, ministry where you are as a female are leading, but internally at home, you might actually be doing that as well, allowing your husband to, to do that as well. Or you might not be where it's like you, you, you have that mindset and then you're like, well, I'll just, I'll just lead because he's not doing it the way I want him to. And so we're not, we're not sitting here more rebuking, rebuking women. We're, we're calling men to the forefront of their place. And honestly, I do think with what God is doing stuff through women right now. And I've said it before on the show that I believe that that is actually going to lend itself to calling their men forward as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I think that that's, that's also a part of it too, but you know, if Lauren were here with me um, right now, she would be saying the exact same thing that Josh and I are saying. And I think that there's a lot of women out there who agree with this. I know it's not popular with culture. That's for sure. But mm -hmm. um, we're talking about a biblical, biblical um, uh, perspective. We're talking about a biblical model for men and their purpose. Mm -hmm. and. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, yeah, like there is that whole aspect of like, I don't want to, I don't even want to put up a fight. I don't even want to, you're right. I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. We'll do it your way. You know? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Well, there's a lot when more. Oh, go when ahead. I do get married, I want to have a show with you and your wife. Yeah. Oh, we'll do it. I don't even have a girlfriend yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> oh, you hear that, ladies? He doesn't even have a girlfriend. I don't even have a girlfriend. <sighs> but I'm just declaring that my wife will come. No, I'm good. Like, but I, that would be fun, though. I would love to do a show with with you oh, and yeah. your wife. That'd be that'd be kind yeah, of cool. we. I mean, honestly, man, like that's like relationships too. Like, that's like one of our big passions that we've realized, uh, just because we've seen a lot of fruit um, in our our marriage, um, in that mm -hmm. regard. Um, because look, I'm very strong willed, uh, but so is my wife. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, make no mistake. Um, women are feisty and men, you know, yeah, we can be like, Oh, but Oh boy. Uh, mm -hmm. we're like, uh, when, when, uh, when, when the, when the wife, um, when she asserts herself, there's this like thing with the guys who are like, 
Okay. Yes. You know, um, <laughs> I better back off here. Yeah. Well, like even like the most ferocious dude will be, uh, there is a side to women. That's this, like, I mean, this in a good way, this terrifying ferocity. And so I, I want to acknowledge that as well is like, mm -hmm. there's a wonder woman inside of every single one woman, you know, and, Heck yeah. and we, I, could have a, we could have a full episode <laughs> of the might and power yeah. of women. Absolutely. I actually, I actually love the topic of, of women uh, well in general, but also women in ministry. Yeah. If we you, actually just talked study... about that last, last oh, week cool. with Jennifer Martin. Very it was cool. really good. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the, um, the ministry of Jesus and, and how, how much women played a part in it. Big time. And a big it's role. Really, it's really fascinating and yeah. cool and uh, doesn't get talked about enough. Thank God for people like you guys who are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just, I like hitting those topics that are, you know, uh, you know, a little controversial within society even, I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I'm just a strong proponent in like, like you don't put someone else down to elevate someone else. So you don't put yeah. men down to elevate women and you don't put women down to elevate men. Um, God designed us differently on purpose and he designed us to be complementary to one another. So everybody, most everybody here listening, to this is going to agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, there are going to be a couple of people that are a little, uh, uh, had their feathers ruffled a little bit. Um, so that's fine. Um, that's going to happen. But um, Josh, let's, because uh, there's a lot more we could talk about on this, but let's move yeah. on to the whole idea of am I called to ministry? Um, shift gears here a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Because you were saying you get that you get that question a lot. Um, yeah, I get that question more than almost any other question, which is which is why I sent in to you guys. I think maybe that would be a cool topic because yeah. it always surprises me how often uh, I get asked that. And it's not by, um, you know, 16, 17 year old kids and youth. It's it's youth. It's also adults. It's people in their middle years. Uh, and it, it always fascinates me that that they're. Um, bringing that question from such a confused perspective, uh, a confused spirit even. And um, I thought it would be a valid topic to, to bring up. And um, oftentimes I ask, well, what are you doing now? Hmm. And they're like, well, I, and they'll, they'll tell me. And, and oftentimes it's, it's nothing within what we call ministry, what we call ministry. That's an important part here. And uh, my, my immediate advice is, well, you should do something. And usually when they're asking this question, they have this, this dream of what they want to do or this, this idea they, they want to implement. And I, I see this happen a lot. Years go by of nothing. Hmm. in the waiting of the something to happen. Interesting. Yeah. And I'll put it very, very clearly. You need to get in your Bible and find out what Jesus has already called you to do. Now, that may not be the only thing. He may have a very specific plan 
for your life, for your ministry life. Uh, but but there's already things he has called us to do. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them are very generalized, but they can be implemented in everyday life and they need to be, which is why it tied into the following Jesus conversation. Because yeah. he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, feed the poor. If your brother doesn't have a shirt, take yours off and put one on him. So there, there was these examples of really, um, well, they were examples. Uh, so, so you may not come up with with the I'm going to give shirts to the poor. Maybe that is your idea. I don't know. That'd be kind of a cool one, but um, it, it's it's more of the general idea of of that that is Christianity. There's so much of Christianity, um, or, or I should say it this way, there's so much of ministry that, that we label it ministry that Jesus simply called Christianity. Now, don't slap scripture at me. I know he didn't actually call it Christianity, but the thing that we call Christianity, we... we we, we separate these two different things. And there's things that we should implement in our everyday walk with Christ uh, that we shouldn't separate from the, from the ministry that we do uh, for people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it, what you're saying is there's this ideal that people work out in the brain, which is, I'm going to be speaking ministry. I'm speaking from the front. I'm working in the church. I'm doing all these things or, or in a ministry that is connected to the church. And you're like, uh, that we need to take that ideal and push it aside because I'll be honest, Josh, like I'm in ministry right now. Mm-hmm. I did not try to be in ministry. As a matter of fact, I would say every word I've received from the Lord actually didn't point towards me being in ministry, but I also know that I'm led by the spirit and that it is part of a larger whole of what God has called me to do. And, um, but I never chased ministry. I just focused on my relationship with Jesus and growing in intimacy with him and then was led by the spirit. Wherever that, wherever that may, I mean, before I was doing this, I was working at Trader Joe's, you know? So yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's that would be a really good pattern for everyone who is desiring or feels a feels a call to be in ministry. Like ask yourself why. Do. Well, yeah, that that would be a really good question too. Why yeah. do you want to be in ministry? Because yeah. I hear a lot of people give some sketchy answers of oh, why they I want had to sketchy minister. Answers, man. Mm-hmm. Like ten, like when well, it's more than ten years ago now, but like. I realized, like I tried to push forward a couple of different ministries when I was in YWAM. And then I realized none of them happened. And I was like, God, why didn't this like take off? And then he showed me the, the desire of my heart, which was personal glory because I wanted to try and prove something to certain individuals. And that was really uh, sorrowful to realize that sobering. Yes. But also in God's goodness, he didn't allow that to go forward because 
even though on the surface, I believed it was because I wanted to glorify him and I wanted to serve him. The undercurrent and the thing that was actually propelling that desire forward was actually a, des- a fleshly desire for praise of, praises of men to try and prove things to certain people, which is a yeah. horrible thing. But I'm glad. I mean, I was in my early 20s and I'm really grateful that God in his grace didn't allow that to move forward. Yeah, I think sometimes we have we have our dream and we try to take our dream and squeeze it into a this is for Jesus uh, box or, or square or whatever shape. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we try to take our square sh- uh, dream shape and just shove it into into the Jesus circle. Yeah, Jesus, to, this to is for you, it but it's for me. But Jesus, this right. is for you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I mean, yeah, go back to the, ask yourself why. I mean, that's super important. But at the same time, um, the dream, the call, all of these things that we we try to to figure out what what am I meant to do in life? That's that's the if you if we broke it all down, it all gets to what am I here for and why? What do I do? And we have these dreams. I would say this to every single person that has some sort of creative element idea, or or you just feel this tug towards ministry. Uh, in any aspect, whether it be in church, whether it be in missions, whether it be uh, having your own podcast, whatever, um, make the dream Jesus. He's the dream. Yeah. I get asked this a lot, a little less now since I've been pretty bold with my answer. Uh, People will ask like, well, what would you do if you weren't doing what you do? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, I don't really know. Like uh, this, like this kind of is my dream. Well, like, yeah, but like, what's your dream though? What do you want to do? Like, and I'm like, Jesus is my dream. Like, I, I want you to get that. Like he is the dream and being obedient to his plan for my life. That has become the dream. And, and it's given me my heart's desire that I didn't even know was there. That's that's the power of submission to Christ. And if you're pursuing any part of wanting to do something for him, make him your dream. Now, to some people listening to that, they're like, well, how? What does that mean? I don't really know in every single thing. Yeah, someone, thank you, Eric, behind the scenes. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things, all of these other things that we, that we value so much. God will just, God will just bring them along, along the way. Seek ye first the kingdom and all of these other things. Um, But, but I also feel like it's, the, the 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 desire to do something grand for the Lord, I I often see such a stumbling block in people's precious time, and, and it's it's a shame to see that they get lost in the sauce, if you will, with this this idea 
and, and I'll often say just like stop stop trying to focus so much on on this on this thing that you want to do and just surrender to what God has already called you to do mm-hmm. and you and you'll probably end up stumbling onto it along the way as is the case with me absolutely mm-hmm. yeah but have you experienced, have you, do you know people or, or have you experienced some people around you where they, uh, for me, this, this, this happens with me a lot where it's people in, in my circle or in my world where they've been telling me the same dream for many, many years. And so like, at first it's like, oh, that's, that's really awesome. That's like, really as in cool. a dream is in like, this is my dream to do this. That's what you're talking about. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of saying dream. It could be the, the idea or the, I, I feel like God is calling me to do sure, this. Sure, kind sure, of yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay. So you can kind of implement whatever word you're thinking, yeah. but, but after a yeah. while it's like, okay, Hey, you've been telling me this now for five years. It's like, we're, we're seeing a bad pattern here. Of like you feel this call, you feel this thing, you feel you want this mm-hmm. th- this idea. Uh, there, there's something in the middle here we need to address and say, uh, why is there no movement at all? Which goes back to our conversation earlier about I was saying like even about the chair, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a profession of that, but then there needs to be an execution of that through your through your actions, the forward motion, yeah. right? So if, yeah. if they really believe that was their calling or their dream or something God gave them, what things are you doing to prepare yourself for that? Yeah. That doesn't negate your faith in that God is going to open those doors, but going like, God's not just going to like download to you. Okay. You're, you're supposed to be a, a carpenter. I don't know, whatever. And you're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to be a carpenter. Okay, Lord. But then you don't actually like go learn those skills. There's no Mm -hmm. faith in that. Like, like you're actually not, it's easier to sit there in your room and say, God, okay, yeah. I want to be a carpenter. Okay, open the doors, open the doors. I'm like, bro, you haven't even touched a table saw. Like we, yeah. we need to start doing yeah. some stuff with that, you know? Well, I guess it's like the scripture, be faithful with the small things. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we get really discouraged because our thing doesn't look like the Instagram post of like what encourages us. And we're just uh-huh. like, oh. Why isn't the Lord doing it for me? Why isn't, why am I not getting invited to uh, conferences to speak? Why, why am I not being invited to the Elijah fire show? Um, Be faithful in the small things so that God can see you're serious about surrendering to his plan and his time frame of that plan. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that, that's, uh, that's where I get back into make Jesus the dream, make him Make him the center of the goal so that um, you understand your ultimate goal is being surrendered to him. And that will eliminate discouragement. That eliminates uh, uh, being crushed by your plan not working because you can always fall back on too, as long as you were um, uh, uh, doing everything within your ability. I mean, I'm not saying like, don't come at it with a lazy spirit. But if you're if you're doing what you know to do, you you put in the work, but it still didn't pan out. You can fall back onto, Lord, you're in control here, and I am just surrendered to doing what you're calling me to do. And if this didn't pan out, if this didn't work out, 
then I'm trusting that this wasn't the door you opened. And I'm trusting that you're going to open the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And honestly, too, I would say to anybody who's like, oh, but I just want to be in ministry and I just want to allow God to put the mirror on you and, and, and just pray and ask God, like, is this of you? Is this a desire? And if it is, is it miss, is it slightly out of alignment? Because I'm going to tell you, you don't want to be on the center stage. If you, if that is your desire, it will destroy you. Like, like it's not like, there's a lot of stuff that comes with being out in the front the forefront. There's a lot of other stuff that comes with it. And if you aren't, if you haven't allowed the Lord to condition you for it, and look, there's a difference between a yearning, knowing that that's like this ache in your heart, this thing that you're like, I know that's what I'm called to. I know mm-hmm. what that feels like because there are yeah. other things that God has put on my heart that he hasn't opened doors yet, but I have been laying the groundwork in the meantime. As an mm-hmm. of faith, I'm going to just slowly build this. I'm going to educate myself on these things and I'm just going to, God, God will open the door when the time is right, but I'm going to continue yeah. to condition myself. Like if God says, okay, Josh, you're going to start running. Um, you're going to start running marathons. What do you do? You start training, right? I'm okay. Training. God's yeah. going to open the door for, for, for marathons. There's one specifically two years from now. I'm going to condition my body to run marathons so that I'm yeah. ready when that door opens. Right. Yeah. So I think people get get the illustration, but um, yeah, I, I, I it's totally it's totally okay to be driven and have a goal, right? Yeah. That's totally fine, and and that's good. I would even say, but but to like you were saying, if if someone comes to you and I just want to be in ministry so bad, I would say, well, then do it, do it. You you don't need to be hired as a a a whoever in position in the church. Uh, to to go and love on somebody, to go and pray with somebody, to uh, help someone with an offering if they're need if they're in need. Um, now, I mean, there's there's elements like we don't you shouldn't just go out and and uh, you know deem yourself as a preacher when you don't know the gospel quite well enough yet or things like that. But to the people that have such a grand and great desire to do something in ministry, I would say, then start doing it. Start, start with something uh, because anyone can, can have a, uh, have a Bible study. Anyone can agree to, to pray with people and agree that the Lord is going to do something when two or more to, are, are gathered and he will be there. There's things that you can actually do to say, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm like actually going to do this. And yeah. if you're not willing to do the things that um, no one knows about, that, that no one sees, that's not in the spotlight, and all you can associate ministry with is a platform, then that leads us back to the question, why are you actually wanting to do this? Yeah. Because if you just have a desire to be the next uh Trying to think of like a popular church that isn't in the heat of controversy right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the next whatever church. Yeah. yeah, fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, that's that that's an image of ministry. 
you know what ministry looks like? People, young people, old people, whoever people. Uh, my friend, my new friend coming to church, Skylar, who, who I had to go and meet at like 11 p.m. the other night because he, he, he had to get some things off of his chest and we just had to sit there and pray. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew about that. No one knows that I'm like in my pajamas or whatever, or my shorts, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and I got, I'm like, where are you going? I gotta, I gotta go meet Skylar. Like we gotta, we gotta have some Jesus time together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what predominantly ministry looks like. <laughs> things that nobody knows about the things that nobody sees. My grandpa has always been an all end on this. My grandpa has always been, he's passed now, been such a great inspiration for me as um, a minister. He preached for 60 plus years in this tiny little church in an even tinier little town called Summerhill, Illinois. And he was never known around the world. Uh, he wasn't on TV stations and radio stations for his era, whatever. But he was so faithful mm-hmm. to the calling that God had on his life. And the more I grow, the more I realize the great impact that he had on people, just being faithful to what God called him to do. Mm-hmm. And that's always been such an inspiration to me to not to not have this desire to be known or to be uh, deemed as successful. Um, Success to me is going to be, I did exactly what God asked me to do. Yeah. And And I I want to enter the gates of heaven and him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Well, and honestly, what I've experienced in my life too is like, (laughs) when you have something from the Lord and you're like, Oh God, if you want to take this cup from me, please, I surrender it to you, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, okay, you can keep it. Or, mm-hmm. okay, here's more, you know? And it's like that the, the posture we should take is that humility of recognizing yep. that God is the author of, of, of whatever doors open. God is the author of those things. Because mm-hmm. if he's not, and you did it in your own effort, you don't want it. Like, yeah. I said this on my show when, when I, um, you know, my kind of my closing remarks um, on episode 200, I was interviewed and, and my closing remarks were like, if you get down the road and you're like full of success and you've abandoned God on the wayside 20 mm-hmm. years behind, yeah. whatever you have, you don't want it. You don't mm-hmm. want to be left at the end of your life feeling empty. Uh, you know, and it's like, that's why it's so important to just be led by the Lord. Um, you know, because it's like, you don't want it otherwise. Like, it's not yeah. like going up there and getting glory for yourself, like may feel good in the moment, but it's like having a steady diet of candy. Like <laughs> eventually it's going to taste good in the moment, but eventually mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to run into some problems for sure. Yeah. And if you are in ministry right now and you feel completely empty, you need to stop exactly what you're doing right in this moment. Yeah. Go into your secret place with the Lord and let him pour out the Holy Spirit into your life and be full again. And then do it again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually something I want to go back to really quick. I just felt the Holy Spirit really prompting me. Um, I had said a statement saying it was a blunt statement and I still think it's true. 
um, that men are not safe, but I also really feel like we need to hit that again because mm -hmm. I know that for some people, like some women, what I said actually was very, um, that actually affected you in a negative way um, because of your history and because of your past and some things that God is walking you through. So I want to, I want to hit this a little bit more pointed. Sure. The fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And men are not exempt from that. Okay. Oh yeah. Our model is men is Jesus. That's mm -hmm. who our model is. Just like for women, our model is Jesus. But for men, our model is Jesus. So I'm going to speak directly about that with men. Our model is Jesus. He is the one that we're supposed to, we are supposed to um, model. And we do see a safe nature behind Jesus. And so I actually feel like I oversimplified what I was talking about. I was talking about something very specific. But in general, yes, men are supposed to be a safe space. Not this yeah. constant, aggressive, like uh, doing things our way, forcing our way on women and other men who might not be up on our level of, of masculinity. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. We are supposed to move with compassion and gentleness as well as a ferocity, especially in the spirit and in protecting mm -hmm. our families and our mm -hmm. wives, our girlfriends, whatever. That's more what I'm referring to. So on behalf of, of any, like, I am sorry, first of all, for if what I said um, hurt you in any way, I really feel like I'm supposed to, to, to address this. Um, mm -hmm. I am sorry if, if my oversimplification hurt you. That is not what we're trying to talk about. But there is, we are addressing men specifically and their lack of stepping up to the plate. There are a lot of men who are, yes. Um, but I just want to say that, and I want to also apologize on behalf of of anything that has happened to you. I'm sorry that happened to you. And Jesus wants to reconcile that. He wants to heal that area because men are not supposed to be abusive. We're not supposed to be manipulative. Um, but we are um, supposed to grab a hold of, of uh, before justice. And there is a ferocity that comes from grabbing a hold of that. Um, so, uh, Josh, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Anything else that comes to mind? No, I, th I think perfectly and well said. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and every man is, we, we say men as if, you know, we're all exactly the same. We're not. Uh, even I'll add this on, on, the, on the other side of, of the conversation. Uh, you may be much more easily in tune with, with expressing your feelings and expressing these things. I'm actually more towards that. I fold in the spirit when, when the spirit comes on me and, I, and I'm in worship or whatever, I just have boo hoo. I do. <laughs> um, so, so to, to the other side of our conversation, you may be more towards that way. And you might've heard what we said and, and thought, Oh, well, I'm, am I supposed to be more macho? No, it, it's no. just like, like you just said, Jesus is our our example, our model of of what a man is. Also, a model of uh, of what we are all to be. Um, That's right. Yeah, I, I think beautifully and well said. Uh, yeah, you know, me and you, we're just we're just having a conversation here and mm -hmm. trying to sift through our thoughts and and express them well. But uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm an outward processor. And every now and then I say something and the Holy Spirit is like, Hey Jeff, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go back and, uh, mm-hmm. address that a little bit more. I'm like, yes. Okay, great. Um, yeah. okay. So Josh, I would love for you to pray for people. And we talked about a lot of different stuff. Um, just praise you feel led, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I just, my own prayer is that, that you heard what we had to say today and you go and you go home or, or maybe you're home and you, you open up your Bible and, and start to dive into to the topics that we're talking about, um, especially some of these more controversial topics. Um, I, I hope that the men feel a tug on your heart to be pulled towards God, but also to find out who God is, uh, not just for you, but to you as well. And the women that are listening and, and have heard what we're talking about to do the same thing. And to feel the comfort of God, to feel the protection of God. Maybe if you're in a situation where um, you don't necessarily feel protected, maybe you maybe you have your guard up in general towards man, and that has that has put a little bit of a guard up towards Jesus, even or just a guard up of opening yourself to anyone and everything around you. So. I just hope that you can dive deep into who Jesus is and uh, that there is, like Jeff said, there's such a healing. So let's pray for that healing. Yes. Lord, we just, we, we, we accept the healing that you have for us. Lord, you said by your stripes, we are healed, but Lord, we, we associate that with the body. Lord, I, I pray for the soul. I pray for the, for the, yes. for the, the broken spirit today. Um, Lord, I, I pray for the tired in spirit whether that be man or woman, whether that be uh, a young person trying to figure out their life or a well-seasoned person who's tired in ministry. We are all just humans who are trying to live this life and do it to the best of our ability, pick up our cross and follow you. And Lord, sometimes that's a bumpy road. So Jesus, I just pray for the Holy Spirit to comfort do what it does. You've said that it was a comforter. So Lord, I pray for that Holy Spirit comforting to come on people right now. Lord, that truth would be revealed in their situation. Lord, that you would enter into their situation, that you would enter into their home, that you would enter into their hard place, Lord, and you would intervene on their behalf. And Jesus, I just pray over the the, the chaotic mind Lord, I, I pray over the the mind that is that is trying so hard. They're just trying so hard to figure out the answer. And Lord, I would just pray that there would be a spirit of surrender to your plan and to your way. You said you are the truth, the way, and the life. And Lord, we just surrender this chaotic mind with this desire to figure it all out. And we just humble ourselves before you to say, Jesus. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all together, but I am putting my faith into you and I'm picking up my cross and I just surrender everything and I follow you and I trust that along the way and in our intimate moments together, we will figure it out or I will figure it out with you. In Jesus name, we pray these things. Amen. 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 Josh, how can people follow you? Give them the details. You can follow 
Crave the moment. <laughs> it's it. Oh my goodness. We Seriously? did it again. We did it again. We did. It doesn't matter. Crave the movement.com. There's that's a little the new, bit of that's the new there. one. The new one you guys are creating is Crave the Moment. Come come find me on Instagram. We post some stuff. Uh like Jeff mentioned, my sister, who's my awesome partner in this ministry. Mm. We do some really neat things. Um uh, just like you, we're just following Jesus and, mm-hmm. and listening to his voice. And uh, so sometimes we're throwing parties. Sometimes we are hitting the streets. Uh, here in June, we're doing this thing called Just Jesus, where we're going to be uh, out uh, under the stars worshiping uh, the name of Jesus. So follow along with what we do. And uh, if you want to support us in prayer, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. I, I love having you on the show. I love chatting. I think it's great. Me too. Yeah. Love, it. love you guys. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is a wrap on this week. Have a great weekend. Uh, ch- tune in on Monday. We've got, we're back in full swing at five days a week. Monday, we've got Christina Baker on. That's going to be great. Always fun having her on the show. 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. Uh, And then also we are doing the amazing water well efforts with Show Mercy International. So we take a portion of every single donation and we funnel into that. God bless you guys. And we will see you on Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Christina Baker. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Elijah Fire.